began so long ago with a band of Queen's Park men. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Spiders Talk podcast. It's David Blair, Enzo Tamarini and Callum Stewart back here again. We hope that everyone that made it to Hamden on Saturday has managed to dry out. Um, unfortunately for those that did make the effort to get there, you weren't treated to a particularly brilliant game of football. I suppose the, the run of defeats is over, but it wasn't a win on Saturday. It was a nil-nil against uh, Greenock Morton. We will go back over that game and try and pick out something or anything to talk about from that game. We'll do a quick news roundup and look ahead to... Obviously, it's an international weekend. Scotland could well qualify for the Euros, depending on how results fall over the next four or five days. But... With the international break, we have domestic cup football to look forward to for Queen's Park. We've got Falkirk away in the SPFL Trust Trophy. So, Cal and Enzo, you both were at Hamden on Saturday. Number one, have you managed to dry off? And number two, how, how are you feeling after uh, after watching that game? Or maybe not watching, <laughs> making it through that game? Yeah, I mean, we didn't lose. So, I'll, I'll, start, I'll start with a positive. The run has ended. We have not matched. Our uh, our decade long record of of six losses in a row, so that's good. That's six good. league losses in a row, just to six league loss, losses yeah. in a row. Yes, that's correct, Enzo. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, if I if I remove the football, I had quite a good day. We decided, um, Enzo, my dad, my brother, and I decided we were going to go for a wee uh, a wee pub crawl beforehand, which did get duly kiboshed to a degree when I was sitting on the on the train in from from East Kilbride through to Glasgow and the. Uh, the conductor said that there was a puddle at Thornley Bank, I think is, is, is our wording, uh, which turned out to be much bigger than a puddle. So we had to uh, hop onto a taxi and we ended up just hanging about Hamden for a while, which was which was good. Um, on the game itself, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll get on to it. But it, I mean, I already think I forgot everything about it, if I'm honest. Really? Was... Did, you, did you not enjoy that? I thought it was a great game of football. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was it was it was absolutely brutal. It was torture. Like you wouldn't you wouldn't wish sitting through that on your worst enemy. I think honestly, right, probably objectively speaking, I think it probably was an improvement. I thought we were maybe slightly better. We knocked the ball about a bit better than what we have done in recent weeks. But you have to bear in mind the standard of the opposition has. I mean, the standard of the opposition was really poor. That is probably the only club that has been struggling worse than us so far this season. Well. Obviously, Air as well have fewer points, but they have started to pick up a wee bit. Inverness, do they have fewer points than us as well? Um, Rick, I'm actually losing track because there's there's a few teams that have had a pretty poor start. Inverness have less, yeah. Inverness, right, okay. So Air probably have more points, actually, now that they've won a couple of games. I'm, I'm not even paying attention to the league table over the past <laughs> few weeks because it's just going to upset me. Um, but uh, aye, it was a brutal, brutal day for a brutal game of football, put it that way. Do you want a second bit of good news in Enzo? Even with Air winning at the weekend, they are still behind us. In right. The okay. So right. there you go. But they're not far. Uh, they're not far off as now. Um, yeah, we'll get into the game. I don't know. You know, you said as well. You wouldn't have wished on your worst enemy. I mean, I spent a couple of days at the weekend there, and uh, up in actually just outside Cumbernauld, like between Cumbernauld and Kilsyth, at these. Uh, like they call it the glamping pods. You know, it's not quite camping. I wasn't quite a tent. Were but you not paddleboarding? Also, or yeah, we were also paddleboarding on the Saturday as well. Which I was, you know, I, I, I took a couple of dips there. I drank some uh, Cumbernauld Canal water, which is not going to be good for me in the long run. But <laughs> well, you'll be uh, dead shortly, David. <laughs> I'll be <laughs> lucky. Oh, this will be the tonight. last ever episode of this podcast. <laughs> and I was going to say I'll be lucky to see this Saturday, but uh, yeah, no, I was up there, but obviously it was quite a. Uh, Quite wet and quite miserable, uh, certainly outside on the Friday and the Saturday, but made the most of it indoors. And I've got to be perfectly so, honest, that contributed to me not really keeping up with this game. So, Calum and Enzo, you too, you'll be doing a lot of the talking here. Aye. Can I just can I just clarify then? You're telling me that you went on holiday to Cumbernauld and it was better than this game of football. <laughs> Cumbernauld in the rain. I think in the rain. In, in one of the in wettest days. Water. One of the wettest weekends or the wettest days in, in Scotland in a number of years. Uh, you know something? I think it will have been more enjoyable than, than Hamden. So it can't have been worse. Let's, <laughs> well, let, away, I tell you what. getting poisoned. Let's see what you two have to say about that afternoon at Hamden. We'll start with the lineup as we always do. It was Callum Ferry still in goals. It was back four of McPherson, Tizard, Bannon and Robson. 
you guys can clarify whether we set up with this 4-4-2, 4-3-3, whatever it was, but you certainly had, as I would read it, the midfield three of Longridge, Spong and Thompson, and then the front three of Hepburn, Payton and Thomas. So obviously there, straight away, you're looking at uh, Charlie Fox not starting for the first time in a, in a long time and Will Tizzard coming back in. Um, I say, how did we line up there? In fact, actually, I'll tell you what, we'll talk about the lineups as well. First of all, about that. Secondly, it was Sam Kane that was on the bench, uh, not Callum McKenna. Uh, Callum, you spotted him in the in the stands at Hamden, did you not? Aye, we all spotted him unfortunately, and he was he was hobbling, which which wasn't good. He was on uh, he was on crutches, so yeah, he's obviously obviously picked up an injury, which is less than ideal. But I, I mean, I think I I generally agree with what Enzo said. We're very very fortunate that we have two extremely good goalies this year, and um, so I don't I don't really have too many issues with, with Callum Ferry being back in the squad. I mean, he has no choice, frankly, um, and. He was fine. He was absolutely fine. He didn't really have much to do on uh, on the weekend, but he, he caused no issues for us and he looked pretty comfortable. So he'll be in for the, the foreseeable, I'd imagine. On the, on, the, on the rest of the lineup, you're right. It was it was that sort of standard 4-3-3 with a three in midfield. Obviously, I think the biggest call that you could really make out of that lineup was Charlie Fox getting dropped for Bannon and or Tizard, depending on who you want to say was coming in for him. And I mean, if we're if we're honest, like it's probably been coming for a couple of weeks. He has been he has been struggling. I think he's not looked himself. And Bannon and Tizard were fine. Um, there was nothing really that I can think of that stood out to me as oh that's worrying. But again, uh, for me, this was a wee bit of a no win game because when you watch Morton, like. I mean, they were tur- they were pretty turgid. I mean, we weren't any better, right? Just in a different way. It was a terrible game of football for a neutral for both sets of sides. It was it was not a good game of football to watch. But Morton really didn't have much about them. It was it was proper long ball territory, usual trying to get in battles, but without the creativity that they had before, they clearly missed Katongo a huge amount because he caused us all sorts of bother. And thankfully, thankfully for us, um, with his face up front, God, I forgot his name already. Uh, he he didn't have his annual bout of goals against us so that was that was a relief so yeah bannon bannon and tiz have done nothing wrong with my eyes and i think they they will justify a start next week if if that's if uh velvin's sort of picking based on merit but yeah i don't really think i have anything else to say about it it was (laughs) it was so dull i'm uh, i actually think if we're if we're looking for talking points that that center half pairing of Bannon and Tizard was, I thought they looked comfortable together, especially considering there's a, a real lack of experience there. You've got two really young guys who who haven't played a massive amount of first-team football yet at this stage of their careers, but we saw last season that, that Bannon does look as though he has way more experience than than what he really does, given his age. And I thought they looked good. I thought they looked solid. It's important to recognise that Morton were really slow up front, I thought, and that kind of ties in with what you were saying there, Cal. Maybe a guy like Katongo in that lineup would have given us a bit more problems at the back, but he wasn't there. And yes, it is important to recognise that we're playing against possibly the poorest team we've played so far in the league. Um, but they they looked they looked pretty comfortable. And, and as you say, Fox has probably struggled. He's he's been pretty hot or cold this season, probably more leaning cold than hot. And I think uh, just being sat out for a week. Hopefully we'll do him a bit of good. I could see him being brought back in against Falkirk, to be honest with you. Um, but we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later on. Um, in terms of in terms of Callum Ferry starting again, I agree with you. Like we were talking about last week, the goalkeepers clearly not the issue. We've got we've got a, a couple of really talented goalkeepers there. Fingers crossed. McKenna will be will be back to full fitness as soon as possible. Um, did he actually have a save to make? I can't remember him. I can't really remember him doing anything. Not, not a notable, not a notable save. No, I think nah. um, if you look at the stats, Morton had two shots on target, but there was nothing there that actually required anything other than a body in front of it. Um, Aye. Yeah, Aye, that's fair. It was, it was a pretty. They, they didn't really offer much up front. They weren't remotely threatening, and to be fair, neither were we. So that's why it ended up being such a terrible game of football. Because yeah. other than the one chance where Rudy Payton kind of hit the post. Not much happened. Honestly, I think anybody listening to this will agree. Anybody who listened, who's listening to this and was at the game will agree that there's really not a whole lot more we can say about it. 
Yeah, and if we're talking about like how we actually played that game, right? The the the, the bit that irked me the most was just how slow the build up play was. Totally agree with you. It was very know, passive. No yeah. no urgency at all, given that we were a team that's coming off five league defeats in a row. We didn't and, and we had a poor side in front of us that was there for the taking, but they there was no real drive. And I don't want to say no real desire, but it looked as though they were intentionally taking their time. And I don't know if that is part of the, the game plan, but that's going to be really, really frustrating if, it, if it's the case. Yeah, exactly. And I'm pretty sure to a degree that I, I, I still don't think that there's any hint of players not trying. I, I really genuinely don't believe that's the case. For me, again, it's a setup thing. I know that like part of the from what my very layman's understanding of what we're trying to do here part of the, the structure that we're trying to go for is encouraging opposition teams to come towards us. So that obviously creates more risk when we are on the ball and that's why we end up in some mad situations. But that's also meant to open up space. But I just felt for the entirety of that game, every time we got on the ball and we had a chance to break to make the quick pass forward, it was just like we decided to reset and then subsequently yeah. Morton were able to reset and then you're just sitting with them having 10 men behind the ball. So, uh, yeah, you're right. The opportunity was there. I mean, Morton had, what, two 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 outfield subs, which they, they made both of them, and they've got a whole host of injuries where we're sitting there with our... I know that we're missing we were missing McKenna, but that was almost irrelevant for that game given the, the way it panned out. And obviously we're missing Grant Savory, but really, aside from that, like we've, we've pretty much got a full quota and we... I don't know. We just really struggled against it, so... Yeah. How did you find the highlights, David? <laughs> um, well, obviously, I've got only the highlights to go on and, and the few messages that I was able to read a, a couple of times throughout the weekend that I was away. But, um, I mean, even from the highlights, especially when you're mentioning there about the, the speed of the build-up, that's really noticeable at a couple of moments. It's only six and a bit minutes of highlights when you include the wee cutscenes at either end, you know, and they're... There were a few opportunities where you see that Queen's Park are building, get into that kind of final third, and then just stop and just kind of, I don't know, it's like you're waiting for something to open up, but it never did, because as you say, you know, Morton got the bodies back, defended well, they knew exactly what to expect, so they just filled out the area, like filled out the box, there was no no room for anyone to move, and, you know, these kind of fast-paced chances and opportunities you're hoping we're going to create just didn't materialise, because... You know, okay, I know we've maybe spoke a wee bit before and maybe asked a question again about Rudy Payton because, again, even going by the highlights, he had a couple of good chances. He did hit the post. They had a, a couple other good moves as well. He was maybe unlucky not to get at least one at the weekend. But with Payton in the middle and you've got Hepburn and Thomas out, why do you we expect, especially with, with Barry Hepburn out on the right or or wherever he's shifted to mid-game, you, you expect that we would take advantage of a young guy like that that is electric with the ball at his feet and is fast, we should be using that as a as a release, as like a, a a chance to mix it up every now and then. Don't just constantly slow, slow build, slow build, slow build. Every now and then turn around and go, use him. Not, I'm not saying he's our Jai Katongo, he's obviously better than that, but at the same time, use him as that pace, that skill out there to cause a little bit of havoc every now and then on his own, see what he can create. And... It's something that I've been thinking for a few weeks now. I don't know, maybe going back a different talking point, but I think we're going to struggle for them, so let's ask that question. Do you think that we're using Barry Hepburn particularly to the best of his skill set that we have seen that we, you know, we've seen that he's got and we know that he can do? Well, actually, on uh, on, on Saturday there, I feel as though we were trying to get the ball to, to Hepburn in a slightly different way. And Callum, obviously, we, we talked about this a wee bit at the game, but we played quite a lot of kind of looping balls out from the, the right-hand side of midfield to him. And and to be fair, we picked them all up really, really well. It's just that after that, there wasn't much movement on them. Yeah, exactly. And I don't know what you think, but for me, the, the wingers, every time that we've been playing recently, they always seem to get pretty isolated. I feel like when everyone's, anyone's attacking our fullbacks, it's kind of they're in good one-on-one -on -one situations and it's sort of pacey and they can they can have that opportunity. And obviously that's how we set up. But whenever our wingers seem to do it, they seem to have two or three guys kicking about them that if they get past the first one, they're on to the next one. And whether that's a case of teams sitting back against us, knowing how we're going to play, there's a bit of me that thinks they don't get enough support from the midfield three. 
just in the way that we set up. So you're then relying on them producing something special every time to to create an opportunity. But I don't know. It's uh, it's frustrating to watch, and you could hear it. Like obviously we're we're back at Hamden, and it was a very rainy day, and lots of people couldn't make it to the ground, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But I mean, the atmosphere in the ground is is dead. It is absolutely dead. And it's just like people are, are just desperate for something to, to cheer about. I mean, obviously our record since we went back to Hamden this season has been grim, uh, to say the least. But it's, it's kind of like the style of football as well. It's, it's just not clicking right now. And I feel like it's the sort of thing that when it does click, because we've seen hints of it at the start of the season, when it does click, it's, it is really, really fantastic to watch. But when it doesn't, it just feels like the most over-engineered style of football to watch when it's not being effective. I totally agree with that. I think um, I think the thing that is annoying me the most, obviously, yes, the, the, results are, are, the results are really important, right? But see, last season, even when we were struggling, I still found this an entertaining team to watch. But I think that this team... Honestly, they're, they're boring me to death with this style of football. Like, there's, there's nothing remotely exciting about it. And maybe we're missing guys like maybe Grant Savory, for example, who uh, do have that wee bit of dynamism about them. And, and, and Dom Thomas maybe hasn't shown what he's capable of so much this season either. Um, and I, I know that obviously we've brought Stuart McKinstry in and, and he's not quite match fit yet. By the way, I was, I was kind of surprised that he wasn't at least on the bench. I know that... He's, uh, he hasn't had a team for a wee while and he's probably not played since the tail end of last season, but I refuse to accept that a young professional footballer's managed to get himself that out of shape. I thought he was worth sticking on the bench in case he can get a five, ten minutes at the end. Who knows? Um, but hopefully once he is ready to slot back into, slot, slot into the, the first team, he will bring us that kind of excitement that, that this team does seriously lack right now. Yeah, we're definitely missing somebody like him or, of course, Grant Savory that's still uh, a good few months away recovering from his from that horrible ACL injury. But, yeah, we'll see what Stuart McKinstry can bring and ho- hopefully bring you back to life then. So, because there's, there's few worse places to be um, bored to death than a, a big, empty, freezing cold hand in, especially this time of year. Um, I did By mention... Way, really on, 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 on you McKinstry, sorry, just um, yes? mentioning McKinstry... I'm getting increasingly more excited because I have yet to speak to a Motherwell fan who hasn't spoken very, very highly of him. So I'm kind of okay. sitting here thinking, like, what's the catch? I'm not, I'm not too sure, but um, I, I don't know about you, but everything that I've heard is very positive. So Aye. I think we're going to be pinning quite a lot of hope on. Uh, yeah, let's on be careful track. with that because we've done that before. But I know. The, the difference is this is a guy who played 24 games for Motherwell last season, scored four goals. So there's clearly he's clearly a talented player. Uh, I, I suspect the reason why he signed for us in the end is because he was holding out for, for better options and nothing really came. So that's why he's decided to come here until the end of the season, which is fair enough. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really hoping that he'll be able to get involved sooner rather than later. You'd imagine before he even gets the chance to, maybe he'll come into the squad for the Falkirk game. I don't know. I, I definitely don't think he's going to be anywhere near starting, but you'd imagine he'll probably get a couple of games for Young Queen's Park as well over the next few weeks. Um but yeah, that's definitely something to look forward to. Oh yeah, you're right. I mean, there is that buzz about him. And you're, you're also right, Andrew, you don't want to put too much on the guy, but the way that it's going right now, we could well be crying out for somebody like that coming in and hopefully a couple of weeks' time. But yeah, well, as I say, Rudy Payton needs as much support as he can get with some isolated wingers in the last few weeks. Um, Payton had, did have a couple of good chances. One in particular, he controlled a, a cross really well on his chest and was unfortunate to hit the post. See Jack Thompson um, forced McDonald into a good save as well. Was there? I mean, obviously those were like two standout standout chances. Um, Morton again, you know, just going by looking at the highlights, really didn't create much. However, do have to say that when you watch the highlights, there was that one save for Callum Ferry. It was that free kick that went to the back post, and it certainly looks to me like it's it's him that that gets a foot on. I think it's Muirhead shot that guides it onto the post and then and then Tommy Robson clears it off the, the line just after that as well. So he did have one good save to make Callum Ferry, but it was also that was it. Um aside from those sort of three key shots and, and efforts on goal, was it really well, you've already talked plenty about Queen's Park and, and a little bit about Morn. Was it really those were the the highlights of of the game and, and it was I... just one of those 
forgettable no nils. Oh, it was it was horrible. Did you say, David, that they managed to squeeze out over six minutes of highlights? I haven't I haven't watched them because I don't uh, think it's quite that much. Yeah, but six, uh, nearly actually seven minutes on the the QPU. Fair play to them for for managing to pull that out of their asses because I have absolutely no idea what they must have shown. <laughs> Yeah, they are. Um, they are there. I um, I actually, I only watch them for the first time about an hour ago myself. To be perfectly honest, I have no interest in going back. That's over the, the levels of enthusiasm but... right now. You only watch the highlights. Yeah. I know it's um, it's difficult right now, isn't it? Unfortunately, yes, it wasn't a defeat in the league, and it is a point on the board for the first time in in a long time. But you know, there's there's plenty of the, points that you guys have raised from, from being there on the day and, and there's things that have been happening over the last couple of weeks. It's it, it's a it's a it's a tough spell right now to put it very lightly, isn't it? Yeah. And well let, let me ask you a question then. Is is it salvageable? Yes, yeah, salvageable. Yeah, I I still And what's it gonna take? Um <laughs> is it gonna take a McKinstry or a Savory coming back later on? Is it gonna take I don't know. I don't know what would happen. I don't know what would happen in January if we'd be doing anything. I don't know. I really don't know what it will take. But there's too much talent in this squad for us to continue toiling like this. And and that is just the bottom line. It That's will click. It will click at some point. Where and when? Do not ask me because two, three weeks ago I thought part was that three weeks ago now the Dunfermline game. I thought it could have had a chance against Dunfermline. Obviously it didn't. In the air game, I thought, oh God, well, I really thought that was a get-right game and, well, it definitely wasn't. Dundee United, we started, we did start that game really well. We played really well for the first 25 minutes and then just reverted to type, unfortunately, as as it has been recently. And then you think Morton, nil nil, or before the nil nil, you think Morton, that struggling team, the injuries, issues that they've got, and yet we, you know, we, we still get a a goalless draw against them. I just, I don't know. I really, um, I, I really don't know where it gets right, but it, but it quite simply has to for a couple of good reasons. Uh, yeah, no, I agree with that. That's kind of that's kind of how I feel about it as well. I feel as though this is you can see that there are talented footballers there, and, and they are capable of turning this around. Um, it's just at this point, I, I feel as though they look as though they're lacking in confidence and stuff as well right now. And maybe once the ball gets rolling, it will really pick up. I'm just desperate for that first, not first of the season, obviously, but first for a while, three points, because we really need it. Oh, yeah, totally. I'm still trying to separate in my head the the sort of short-term present pain, which is watching the way that we're playing right now and still trying to maintain some sort of belief that behind the scenes are working towards something that will eventually come good, because I don't know, I just feel like that there's such a a steadfast ideology that they're working towards that you don't usually see with a lot of football teams, especially in Scotland, that I'm just kind of blindly, to a degree, hoping that it, it will pull together eventually. And if it does, then 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 great. But it's it's that balancing act, isn't it? It's like, how, how long can you sort of say that you're going to improve over time before it becomes a bit sort of cataclysmic and you're, you're staring down the barrel of, of relegation, etc.? So... Yeah, hopefully, hopefully with some uh, with the new signing, that's going to make a, a big impact. Because if he does come in and he, he he turns good, and you know what it's like, it will feed off the other guys, especially with such a young group. So I think it's it's still recoverable, and I think what you said is correct, Enzo. It's it's so much of it will be confidence because there's not many players in this squad really that I watch play on a week-to-week basis and I think individually that they're poor players because like, I try and think about it as if they went to other clubs, would they do badly? And for most of them, no, I, I don't think they would. So um, I think it is it is recoverable because we have watched teams before, especially like when we go, when we think back a wee bit to maybe like when we first went pro and some of the guys that we that we signed and were in the squad then who were, you were like, these aren't particularly great footballers. Whereas I think for, on the most part, it is a it is a decent enough squad, surely. Well, that's what I keep telling myself anyway. I hope you're right. Yeah, yeah. I think we're all going to keep doing that, and uh, we'll see how it goes over the next few weeks. Obviously, in the cup, and when we return to league duty in in a couple of weeks' time, uh, I'm going to have to ask you both for a man of the match. Oh, eh? Do you know I'm going to give it 
to Bannon for doing objectively nothing wrong. So that will Bannon was going to be mine as well. So um, great, oh, well, okay. great minds think alike, Callum. Uh, so I there we go. There we go. Easy, uh, easy. Nice. Yeah, certainly was nice and easy. He's uh, a nice. <laughs> Nice quick decision there, and uh, that's that game over. Let's move on. Uh, rest of the championship. Well, I mean, it wasn't particularly great elsewhere, really, in terms of excitement or um, perhaps entertainment in a number of places. Uh, we started. There was was the Friday night game last week. No, there wasn't. Was there? No, 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 there wasn't. I was just looking to see if that was the case. In that case, yeah, nothing exciting at all. Uh, air against Airdrie, two one to Air. Um, perhaps a slightly surprising result that one, but. Yeah, the, th- the first three points for them in a long time. Inverness versus Partick, 0-0. Obviously, ourselves against Morton, 0-0. Wraith against Dundee United, 1-all. Um, who was rained off there? Our both Dunfermline, wasn't it? Aye. Yes. So, aye. Aye, that, was, that, was, that one was rained off. Although, can I just ask David, did you just say that was their first three points in a long, long time? Because they beat us two weeks ago. Oh, well. I try to forget about that, didn't I? <laughs> that's okay, that's just the problem with us I know, I tried blank out. At that stage of the season where all these poor results are just kind of rolling into one and you can't remember exactly when they happened and who beat us on, on which dreadful Saturday. Oh, that was a Friday night, actually, wasn't it? I think uh, I think, I think, think that's where we are, really. The, yeah. the enthusiasm, the lack of enthusiasm from us is, is obviously, it's probably quite evident for people who are, are listening to this right now and, and you can feel it around the stands when you're talking to people right now. It's just kind of... I, I mean, we're a wee bit better, but but so what? So that that kind of that positive feeling is is difficult to to find around the club at the minute. Um, but with a couple of good results here or there, it could it could definitely be be very quickly back. Oh, we're all we're all like so fickle. See, if we come back and we win two league games in a row, I swear to God, we'll be sitting saying, "Do you know what? We might still be able to win this league." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh... We'll, we'll, see, uh, we'll see when that happens, Cal. <laughs> I know. Mind when we spent the last like ten weeks of the of last season basically saying, "Nah, this run can't go on forever. It can't go on forever." And what bloody happened? Well, bloody well did. <laughs> it definitely can't. And in fact, actually, that raises a really good point. I want to bring you back and and see if you guys can think of um, if you guys can put the the figures to these stats that I'm going to give you. So obviously, um, on Saturday evening there was a a, a few. Disappointed Queen's Park fans, and I was trying to get in touch with, 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 with a few guys. Um, you do think back to last season as well, and you know what, you know, what we did. The that sort of would you say it was the last quarter because it kind of started say from about mid February. Yeah, it was mid February, wasn't it? Um, there have been thirty league games in this calendar year, oh, right? Oh, oh no! So first of all, I just want to. I'm going to ask you. How many clean sheets have we kept in 30 league games in this calendar year? So this is um, league only. Four. Cal, what's your um, guess? Um, no, I think, I think it'll be a bit more than that. I'm going to go for six. You were right, it was a little bit more, but it was five. You round up there, not you? The two of you were right in between that there. Um... In the last, and I apologise for missing out the first two, because the first two, obviously, we started this calendar year with two wins, didn't we? So let's add those two, because obviously that was the, the Cove game, and then... So the, the Cove, Cove game was a clean one. sheet, the Thistle game was, we, was 2-0, was it? 2-0, yeah, so yeah, so those so. were two two of those two clean sheets back in the, in the beginning of January, um, three since. In those 30 league games, to include those two, we've won nine games out of 30, which... If you think that the league season's thirty six, do, <laughs> do you think you're getting to the end of a season on what would that eleven wins roughly? You know, there might be a slight rounding error. Somebody take the decimal point, or whatever. But let's call it eleven wins in a season. Where, where do you think you're finishing there? Because, well, I can tell you right now that it's <laughs> well. Listen, um, last season, Aki's and Cove both had seven wins. Um, our both actually only had six, but they drew loads and loads of games yeah. and managed to finish eighth on that. Wraith Rovers, they had 11 wins and finished 7th. It's, it's not uh, good, but it's probably enough to stay up. Well, actually, it was. It would have been enough to stay up last season because there were some really men's teams. Maybe not this year. Yeah, that is also true. I, um, and in terms of a wee goal difference, so we've um, 
Are you trying to make me sad? Yeah, I listen. Let's just get it done, and then we will we will right, try okay. and be positive for that for uh, okay. looking ahead to the the Falkirk game. But in that period of time, thirty five goals scored and fifty six conceded. Yeah, I mean, it feels like that. It, it does feel like that. That one's slightly less surprising because we've had some we've had some good wins, but we've had some we've had some big I mean, defeats. That's not a massive surprise at all because we had the third worst de- uh, defense in the division last season, even though we finished third in the league. But up until the turn of the year, our goal difference was fantastic. Yeah, we just uh, yeah. we ended up getting pumped a few times, and that absolutely destroyed it. Obviously, third worst defense last year. We're currently the worst defense in terms of goals conceded. Uh, that's me done. Let's look at the league table, and we'll move on from that. Just watch the finals. No um, <laughs> make one up. No. <laughs> make one up no because somebody will come back and use it against me so uh no it's it's it has been rough that it just it just you, you look at sort of stats like that as well and you just it does put it into it we all know it feels rough but when you look at it like that it can be a wee bit well it can be a wee bit of an eye-opener but maybe Enzo's maybe Enzo's clinging on to that positivity by saying that that would be enough to maybe to maybe survive I mean, it might be, but I'd rather we still Maybe. won like 20 odd games yeah. instead. That'd make me feel a hell of a lot better about it. Uh, it certainly would. But yes, it has been difficult recently. But as always, we hope that the next next game, next Saturday, will be um, will be the one that, that turns it around. Uh, say, let's recap the league table after looking at those results elsewhere. So, Dundee United still on top on 18 points. Wraith Rovers on 17. Partick Thistle on 14. Arbroath and Airdrie on 12. Dunfermline on 11, Queen's Park on 10 points in 7th place, Air on 9, Inverness and Morton on 5. So, although Inverness are unbeaten in 2 since Duncan Ferguson came in, with Air getting that win, it's a, a little bit of a gap. It's still very early days, it's only a 4-point gap, but it's um, there's a wee, a wee gap appearing at the bottom of the table there. But, yeah, that's, that's the lay of the land right now. Uh, Quick news roundup, just in terms of a couple of other results for, for QP teams. You had the QP under-18s on Friday night in the, the worst of that rain, wouldn't it? Um, that was a, a, a league game, a 3-2 win against Celtic in the under-18s, the Elite League. It was Tyrese McDonnell, Leo Clark and Jamie Bradley with the goals for the young spiders there. And then you had QP women also won 3-2 this weekend on Sunday. Uh, that was against Livingston. It was Ellie Kane, Robin Gallagher, and a late goal from Abby Callahan. So two of the the regular goal scorers there back on the score sheet. They're getting a late three points. So they are. I don't have the league table right now, but might as well have a quick look and highlight that because they're. Is it one league defeat this season so far? I think they're doing pretty well there, aren't they? Yeah, but the, the defeat was to uh, it was to Kilmarnock, who That's right, are now undefeated. I think they've only drawn one game. Um, so the, we are second in the league, um, and it's been a, a pretty positive start to the season. That was some comeback. Uh, they've get they've got a really good goal difference. I think the goal difference after six games is, is eighteen at this point. Um, so they scoring a lot of goals. Um, I think that Kilmarnock game, honestly, given given how the other results have gone, probably was a bit unexpected, but there's there's still time for them uh, um, to <clears throat> to come back from that. And I think they play each other again once before the season is out. Um, so fingers crossed they can they can still put in a a good uh, promotion bid. Yeah, because there's only the the one automatic spot there, I'm sure. So hope that they can push Kilmarnock right to the end of the season and and some good news for the for Craig Joyce's squad there. That would be so that would be very good for them. Yeah, that's right. So there's only that's right. The the champions do get promoted automatically, but the there's, team that finishes oh, second playoff as well. Yeah, it? they go into a playoff against the team that finishes eleventh in the the top division. Well, we'll certainly be keeping an eye on them as we have been so far this season. We'll keep an eye on how they are uh, how they are progressing in the league for the rest of the season as well. Um, that's really all the news roundups. I know last week we had the week Q and A and a couple other things to talk about. Uh, I suppose it's only worth highlighting as well that you can still book a space on the supporters bus to Falkirk this coming Saturday. Um, it is on the website. It's queensparkonlineshop.com. Or.co.uk, sorry, queensparkonlineshop.co.uk. You can book for Falkirk this week and you can book for Airdrie, which is next Friday, remember, as well. Um, For Falkirk, if you want to get the bus, it is a tenner for adults, 
five are for kids, and if there's an adult and child together, it's £13. Bus time at Clarkston, quarter past 12, and at the, the Tesco, just across the road from Hamden, at half past 12 on Saturday afternoon. So Falkirk away in the SPFL Trust Trophy after we progressed in the last round, beating Ballatown 3-0 away. Uh, another away game, Enzo, you had a little away trip yourself. You went on and spoke to the, the Falkirk Daft podcast as a, as a build-up to this game. And, well, I suppose let's keep with the, the theme of negativity. You didn't sound overly confident at Queen's Park's um, <laughs> chances for this you coming week. <laughs> no, right, OK, so what... Well, first of all, I was a little bit all, of pandering, wasn't it? I just first mean. of all, what I said was... I think this game's coming at a really bad time for us and it wouldn't surprise me if Falkirk won. In fact, I kind of, I think they might win. But then when it came to them actually making me uh, give them a prediction, I said we'd win 2-1 because I can't possibly go, uh, bring myself to, to say that we will lose when when being forced to give a scoreline. I knew that you were just talking a bunch of lies in that episode, though, because the end of it, you said that you wish Falkirk well for the rest of the season. <laughs> and that that's no, that's no you. No, but, but but genuinely, anybody who is curious, I'd recommend you go give it a listen because it's a really really well produced podcast, and, and it's it's good to to get on and talk to fans of the, the other team sometime and, and get their perspective on the game because they were both of the opinion that we are quite strong favourites and and that we we probably should come um, rock up on Saturday and beat them. Uh, they they felt as though they could potentially be capable of an upset, but they certainly aren't expecting it at all. Quite surprising to me, given their their league form right now. I, I got to be honest, I've not kept a, a an incredibly close eye on how their games have gone. But you only need to take one look at the league table, them and Hamilton as well. But both tied at the top of the league on twenty three points and from nine games, seven wins and only two draws. And one of one of the draws was against each other just last week. So, Falk, I mean Falkirk are flying in the league. Twenty three goals scored, six conceded. The biggest goal difference again. Clear. So goal difference is 17 for Falkirk, Hamilton have 14, and the next best in the league, well, there's a three-way tie for third best, and the goal difference is one. So the, those two teams are scushing that league right now. It's going to be a shootout between the two of them. I, I'm really surprised to hear that the Falkirk fans are are a little bit pessimistic coming into this. Is that is that simply a, you know, a, the team from the lower league playing a team in the higher league, regardless of of uh, you know that each team's form because I would always look at how each team's playing and you take one look at that form guide it, it points to Falkirk potentially having a having one of the wee upsets of the day perhaps yeah Aye, but, but have you seen Falkirk's existence for the last like however many I think that explains the pessimism yeah. Aye, yeah. I can I can totally get it I mean how many times have they been in positions in that division where they're like I mean, we all know the, the the proper collapse that they had a couple a few seasons back, and they they've never quite done it. So I do understand why they've got an inherent scepticism over the quality of their team. But from a, a sort of more objective perspective, they I agree with you, David. I, I'm not convinced teams that are struggling in the championship are massively um, above the level of those in and at the top end of League One. So. It'll be it'll be an interesting test because like and you actually you mentioned this when you were on the podcast, Enzo. Like I think if um, if we did come in and absolutely stroll this game, I think it would suggest there is a bit more of a gulf than we perhaps yep. expect. Um, but for me, this is just like oh, I don't know. It's it's a terrible, terrible banana skin, and I don't even yep. know if there's a massive upside anywhere. Obviously, if we win, then that's good. Get back into winning ways, but. I mean, it's not comparable to Bala, right? Because they were clearly a very poor side. But there's not a massive amount that I think you can take from it if we went out and won that game. But similarly, if you lose that game, then it's just uh, it's, it's, it's another thing to be worried about. Yeah, I agree with you. I think losing this for a team that's already a little bit... I mean, from my perspective anyway, I don't know what the actual mood is like in the dressing room or at training every day, right? But from our perspective in the stands, watching the team play the body language and stuff suggests that they are lacking in confidence and just the kind of the, their frustration at the end of games and stuff that they're, they're feeling this run of poor form absolutely we saw it um, particularly up at Tannadice we were right close to the players David we could see that they they were as, as annoyed about the way things have been have been going as, as what yeah. we are as fans um, and I think if we were to slip up away to a club in a division below us 
potentially just going to make things worse. And then if you do win, it's like, okay, well, yeah, you 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 should have won. You're you're in the division above us. Um, I would just like to see. Obviously, I want us to go through because again, it is important that we don't lose a game like this. But I would like to see us. I would love us just to go out and absolutely dominate this game. Do you know that? I think that that's that would make me feel a bit better about things. Um, just don't know how realistic that is. Yeah, um, we are unbeaten in our last four games against Falkirk. Uh, obviously, all four of those did come in the League One campaign in the twenty-one to twenty-two season. Can't we've got to go through all of them? Uh, obviously, we started the season going up to what is it called? Is it just the Falkirk Stadium? Does it not the have Falkirk like an Stadium, actual name? I thought I could try to think. It had like a a Broadwood style name or something like that, but not just the Falkirk Stadium. Great. Um, Obviously went there, Simon Murray scored a free kick early in the season to win 1-0. And then there was that first game at, at Fur Hill against them uh, in the beginning of December 2021. There was Queen's Park 6, Falkirk 0, which of course was um, quite quite incredible. We'll come back to that in a second. The two games after that, they did both finish one all, both home and away. Um, but we finished ahead of them in the league by, was it wasn't? too much was it was it not quite close between us and Falkirk and then obviously we know what we did in the playoffs but uh, yeah I mean we got we couldn't possibly have a Falkirk match preview and no matter how we may be feeling about our chances we've got to talk about that 6-0 game haven't we well I managed to get a wee dig in about that when I was on talking to them as well I thought they were going to kick me off at that point but I, I, couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't not sit down with two Falkirk fans and bring up that game <laughs> um, it was a funny one because I Ellis was already under a wee bit of pressure at that point and, and you kind of felt as though that game might have been a turning point. But in hindsight, and, and I remember even watching the highlights the next day, I mean, we did. It was a very professional performance from us, don't get me wrong, and we took some of our goals really well. But ultimately, yes, we won 6-0, but that was because they were utterly, utterly rank and the manager ended up getting sacked a couple of days later as well. One of the worst professional 11-a-side like 11 teams I've ever seen in Aye, any capacity anyway. Horrible. They were horrible. They were so bad. Aye, I think uh, Big Lemon at centre-back, that was one of the worst centre-back performances I've ever seen from a footballer <laughs> in my life. And just before, we were briefly discussing this before we started the podcast and I looked uh, I looked up his profile and he no longer appears to be playing football. So he went to, he went to Cowdenbeath after Falkirk and then sort of fell off the face of the earth by the looks of it but i have i have a i have a question for you right so i've got the i've got the starting lineup from that game how many i'm not going to say right replacing players in our current team etc right but how many of these guys do you still think would be a valuable addition to our current squad say you can add a couple of these players as depth or to take first team spots whatever you fancy right so i'll go through the the starting 11 so ferry obviously we've still got robson we've got fox the same morrison and davidson Centre back, right back. Would you be interested in either of those? Um, there's been that long running discussion about Jake Davison, hasn't there? And unfortunately, it seems to pop up every every week, especially as um, as, as we we continue to struggle at fullback. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I like Davidson. I think I think maybe this is just a little bit of. Is, is it is it hindsight really, or is that the wrong it's, word? It but absolutely is. It's revisionism it is because, because it's, I, he's not yeah, in the game anymore for Inverness. Either, I remember he? very very clearly, right, going into the January transfer window last year, everybody had right back right near the top of the wish yeah. list. We all wanted a right back and a striker. The only reason why people think back so fondly on Davidson was that the right back that we did bring in, who then subsequently played nearly every week, wasn't very good. Davison was fine. He was he was all right going forward, but he struggled badly when he had like a, a kind of decent pacey winger running at him, and, and that cost us a few goals in the first half of last season. Um, would I bring him back potentially as an option as depth? Yes, I, I don't think he starts though. Um, no, Stuart Morrison. I liked Morrison actually, but he was far too yeah. injury prone. And yeah. if if he had been fit, I have a feeling he probably would still be at the club. Um, but I think there was about three or four occasions last season where he got injured in like the first five, ten minutes of the game. So, yeah, not um, yeah, not what I, you want, ideally. I agree 100% with your point, sir. Aye. So if we go into the go into the midfield, then we had Thompson in the middle of the park, and then we had Luca Connell, who I think most of us would probably still take. He's doing he's doing very well for himself. And then you've got uh, 
Liam Brown, who who obviously left last season, and I think he's been doing quite well at East Kilbride. To be fair to him, I think he's is he not? I actually think he's a captain as well. He is. Yeah, he was. Uh, he was. He mind he was made captain before Queens Park announced he'd depart. So he'd he already signed for East Kilbride and had already scored his first goal. And and he'd won, already won done that. And he'd already done a video on East Kilbride's YouTube channel about his first month at the club. <laughs> yeah. oh, that was a strange one, I. Um, Luke O'Connell, look. Oh, sorry to stop at the midfield. Sorry, Callum, but I look O'Connell one hundred percent. Like, I mean, it, I would have kept him even when he was released from Celtic, wasn't he? And then he signed down down south um, with Barnsley, wasn't it? It's Barnsley, yeah. yeah. And I think he's just been given a contract extension there uh, as well recently. I mean, he was excellent with them last season. I'm sure he was like their player of the year. Or he was he was there or thereabouts. Uh, he was a cracking player. I was disappointed that. We weren't able to to sign him ourselves. Obviously, we maybe thought that getting promoted would have been interesting coming back, having had a really good year um, in League One as well. But yeah, I mean, he he's a no brainer to take back. Liam Brown, Liam Brown had chances in League One. He was really up and down when we were in the Championship. You know, obviously, he went out to Stenhouse Muir, didn't play for Steny. Um, you know, there's various various sort of whispers about what was what was going on quite frankly for Liam Brown it didn't work out coming back to Queen's Park I'm glad it is working out for him at East Kilbride but it's at East Kilbride come on hi yeah doesn't, doesn't count bringing I feel like bringing Luca Connell back was always a bit of a pipe dream because realistically yeah. he'd have been on a fortune at Celtic and he'll be on an absolute fortune down in what because when he signed for Barnsley they had just been relegated from the championship um, yeah. And they got into the they got into the playoff final last year as well. Where by the way, I don't know if any of you watched that. I don't, I don't really follow English football, but I watched it because I wanted to see how he was getting on. And he missed a really really good chance. I think it was an extra time, uh, and they went on to lose that game one 0 Um So that was a bit. He'll obviously have been disappointed about that, but he's obviously been doing well if if he's been given this contract extension and he's starting every single week for them. So yeah, unfortunately, it was just never going to happen. So our front three then, we had Louis Longridge in his more uh, traditional forward position than uh, than he is with us these days. We had Bob McHugh, uh, no longer playing, I don't think, and then Connor Smith out on the right. Hmm. Um, I mean, Connor Smith is obviously the only one because Longridge is still here, so I think... Uh, I'm going to assume neither of. Well, David, you were a big fan of Bob McHugh, to be fair. <laughs> Listen, I mean, David, don't, no, no, don't get me wrong, right? No, 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 behave right. Um, obviously, Bob McHugh, he was, he had a really kind of, he had a poor season in League Two, didn't he? Um, I think he did not only score like four goals or something like that, and we all expected him because he was coming down from the Championship. We expected him to to bang them in. Didn't really happen. But the second half of the League One campaign. He did, he did play an awful lot better. And you've got to remember, he scored that absolute screamer at Fur Hill. He also set up the the goal, the winner against Dunfermline in the playoffs. Um, he, he contributed a really big part and he did have some decent games in between, you know, like in that, that second half of the League One season. I'm not saying he was brilliant and I'm not saying I'd have him back in the Championship because... He, well, no, I, I just wouldn't. But I was a fan of him. It's not like me to be a fan of players that maybe aren't the greatest players at the club, right? But that's just me. I just, yeah, I love a wee well, kind of cult hero. I mind your uh, cult hero eleven when oh, uh, when we yeah. did one of our earlier episodes and we were picking our favourite ever Queens Park team. I think yeah. uh, you, you, that was a belter of a team. To be fair, lots of great names in that. And and as I say, Bobby, you had a cracking song to sing. You know the Fat Boy Slim song in, in the stands. So no, I liked, I, I did like Bob McHugh, but the right decision was made there, and I certainly wouldn't be talking about having him back now. Connor Smith, I, the way that he obviously left us at that, the end of that season, went back to Hearts, kind of started for Hearts and was given another one year contract, and was like kind of just teased with a little bit of first team football at Hearts, and then just popped back out on loan. He was back at Hamilton last year, wasn't he? Or was that only the second half of the it was season? The second half of the season. Yeah, the second half of the season. So, you know, when that happened, I was like, that's, maybe he's, I don't know. He obviously made the decision to go to Hearts. He thought he would play more regularly. Didn't happen. I'm just, I was very disappointed with that. And honestly, I would, he is one that I would say I would have him here right now. And I think that that would be the only realistic one, because really we're only looking at Connor Smith and and Luca Connell, aren't we? So, um, Connor Smith would be a realistic one. And, I was disappointed that never came about, and to be honest, I think he would be a cracking option to have 
whether he was starting or rotating round, like I, I was always a fan of his. There is potentially. There is there is three on the bench. We won't go into it in much detail, right? But there's three that I'll pick off the bench to just quickly quick fire at you. Uh, so just give me yes or no responses, right? First thing that comes to your mind, legal day. <laughs> in, <laughs> Immediately in, controversial. In this week, in this week's SPFL team of the week for his uh, most recent performance for Hamilton, but uh, oh, come on, this is quick fire. This is uh, right. It's not quick. That's the worst one. Go, go. Who's next? No, no, no. Yes. Legal um, day, yes, David. It, it, I mean, the thing is, it probably would be yes, but so again, yes, right, he was he wasn't quite as injury prone as Stuart, Stuart Morrison was, but he did have issues before and after. But he, of course, had a really good run in the championship last year, and if he was willing to be around and be second, third choice or something, yeah, 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 maybe. But <laughs> yes, right, yes, yes, right. Quick fire, come on, Jesus, right, Simon <laughs> Murray, yes. Oh, God, yes. Fuck it. Why would you do that? Yes. Uh-huh. Louis Longstaff. No. I can't, I can't even say not. it. I can't even say it. <laughs> <laughs> That's all. Move on. All right, so there's some, uh, yeah, <coughs> some names there, but, well, people that we would have maybe brought into the team, what about the people that are in the squad right now and who we're going to play on Saturday? So it is the SPFL Trust Trophy, but given our current run of form, given... <sighs> Given our opposition, we've already spoke about they're going to be a dangerous opposition. We've surely got to go as strong as possible. The the, the urge probably is going to be there to rotate a little bit, but quite frankly, the way that we've been recently, I I want that strongest eleven. Which, given the recent run of form, it's going to be the exact same eleven that just played against Morton because it's the first clean sheet in forever. So um, yeah, I I would be going with that same eleven to be perfectly honest. Um, that doesn't really help contribute to the conversation here. So, uh, Callum, you go next. What, who, who would you... Would you change anyone? Do you agree? Oh, eh. So you play, you play your traditional starting 11, right, and you win, then bit of confidence, great. You play, you play your traditional starting 11 and you lose. You literally have no excuse. And it's mm-hmm. like double down on all of the the glumness. Um, I think there's a few guys who... So we've talked a lot about depth, right? And we don't seem to be using a group of our players on the bench. And given that we have been in such a a rut over the last the last month and a half, I feel like there should be opportunity for these guys to come on and show what they're about to at least maybe weed their way into the squad a wee bit. So for me, and I'm not necessarily saying starting the games right, but getting a considerable considerable amount of game time. I would like to see something from Aaron Healy at some point. He's looked like he's struggled this season when he's came onto the pitch, but I think at the tail end, when after we signed him, he, he did look pretty positive initially. So I'd like to see something from him. I'd, I mean, I'm hoping. I, I want. I, I still have this lingering hope that Jarrett's going to come good at some point. I, I, I fear that it might not end up being the case, but I'd like to see him get some game time because he's just been apparently uh, anonymous from the squad. And also, more than any of those two, I would be keen to give Liam McLeish a bit of game time. So it looks like we are not signing a second striker, right? It just are a traditional second striker that isn't one of the younger guys. So if that is the case, then God forbid Peyton actually gets injured at some point, right? McLeish is going to have to step up at some point this season. I doubt it would be, it would be very lucky on our part if Peyton went through the whole season without missing any period of games. So he's been banging them in for, for young QP. I'd be keen to give him a wee bit of time to just see what he can do, really. I mean, he's had a few token appearances for a short period of time, but I don't know. Like uh, Veldman talks a lot about guys earning their, their opportunities and stuff like that and how he's going to be willing to play them. I'd be, I'd be okay with seeing him get a bit of game time. Um, I mean, I'm not against these guys getting a bit of game time, but I'm also in the camp of, you know, this is on a Saturday afternoon. It's not on like a Tuesday in between two league games. Um, and we are in a, in a rut right now. I want us to play our strongest team and I want us to absolutely go for it. Um, so I think in terms of the lineup, maybe the same as Saturday. Yes, potentially bringing Longridge back to right back and, and putting Turner in again. I don't know. Um but if we're winning comfortably at some point, then yes, bring these guys on. Do I expect that to be the case? No, I think it's going to be quite a tight game. 
that leads us on nicely then to goal predictions. Uh, there'll be no points to change from from last week. So, Callum, I believe you're currently um, bottom, so you, you get to go first. As much as I would love to say 6-0, um, I can't do that. So I'll go for a... What am I going for? I'll go for a 3-1 Queens, which is what I predicted last week. And I will have a... Who will have his goal scorers? I'm going to go for Jack Thompson and then as first goal scorer. And then I'll have Peyton and... Tommy Robson with some mad run. Hey, David, you're next. You're giving Tommy Robson, he, he does love scoring against former clubs, doesn't he? So you, exactly. you're giving him that. I, I, I like that. Um, I will take... Oh, dear. 3-2, um, Queen's Park. A wee bit Oof. of a... A wee bit of a, a, a barnstormer of a game. Um, in terms of goal scorers, so you took Peyton first there, didn't you? I took Thompson first. So oh, you took Thompson open. first. I, I'm going to do it purely to spite uh, Enzo. Plus, that means he has to pick at least three goals. So uh, I'll take Peyton first, and it will also be Dom Thomas and one of the set, uh, Bannon center half. Yeah, Bannon will be starting center half. So yeah, Alex Bannon to score the winner. So I don't right. necessarily need to pick at least three goals. I could say one nil. Well, no, because you need your Peyton double, don't you? So. <laughs> Um, I'm playing the tactics here. I'm playing the long game. Well, I got two one and three one. Uh, is that, is that what no, David David picked three two. I picked three one. So you could have a theory pick two. Um, that's a bit low balling for you though. Aye, six nil queens. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, Geezer scorers. Who's the first goal scorer? <laughs> um, despite the fact that I think it's actually going to be a tight game, I might as well go with something daft because I'm not going to win regardless. So. Um, First goal scorer, so you picked Peyton and you picked Thompson. Um, Dom Thomas will score to Peyton will get a hat-trick and I don't know, Spong will score one. All right, sound. Spread, <laughs> spreading your bets between podcasts, that's what you're doing. <laughs> See if day one comes up, which, is, which I predicted on that other podcast. I, I think just... it counts. That is you definitely having to make up for wishing the Falkirk fans well for the rest of the season and all that by picking they six did it first. Years, but... <laughs> You were I'm just being I'm nice. What am I supposed to do? Well, I hope you get pumped every week. <laughs> yeah, yes, that's exactly what you say. We've um, obviously never listened to this podcast before. <laughs> no, definitely not. We're not wishing any good luck to anybody. Um, Right, there we go. So that's our score predictions for Falkirk Queen's Park. Let's see what else have we got in the um this is the fourth round, isn't it? So Wraith against Montrose, East Kilbride Hamilton, you've got the last remaining folk team with Rangers against Airdrie. Well, that's big Rangers versus We Rangers for them. Uh Queen of the South are both. Morton against Kelty. East Fife getting the cracking away trip to TNS down in Wales. And then you've got the TV game as Peterhead Dundee United, which I don't. I get, I get they're probably picking that because it's Dundee United and the, the the fan base and stuff. But I genuinely did think that we would be the TV game just based on pretty much what we talked about. You know, it's Falkirk obviously flying high at the top of the league, and you've got Queens Park who I suppose struggling in the struggling in the league. But you know, there's there's plenty of or there certainly was plenty of talk about Queens Park when we were doing well. There's a, an awful lot less of that now that we're struggling a little bit, but. To me, that seemed like a, a, a de- almost a dead cert for the telly until I was, well, almost as usual, proven wrong. Dundee United are away, though, aren't they? So, they yeah. The stadium is not very big, and their average TV, crowds this I... season are like 7,000 or something like that. So, yeah. they'll, probably, they'll probably sell out their ass, putting on the telly, the assumption that more people will want to tune in. Whereas the Falkirk Stadium is realistically going to fit everybody in who wants to watch that game. Yeah. No, that is that is very true, but just disappointed for it. But uh, um, any thoughts on any of those games? Do you care about them right now? <laughs> I, just, I just don't actually. No. Not not even a wee bit. No, I mean this this cup is the the sort of one that you care about your team to a, a sort of a certain degree. But from a neutral perspective, on other games, it just aye, bit of a an irrelevance. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I- I agree with you. I mean, I'll, I'll start caring about this cup once we get to maybe the semi-final, but um, 
beyond that, I just think it's a an important game for us to start working to to get him back on track. That it most definitely is. Uh, we will look forward. To, we do look forward to Saturday, and and hopefully that that certainly is the game that Queens Park get back on track. But until then, Callum and Enzo, it, it still has been a pleasure as always. Uh, continue to find us on Twitter at Spiders Talk Pod, and of course you'll still find the three of us in all the threads on Pie and Bovril relating to Queens Park. Uh, we we really thank you if you are joining us to to listen back to to that recap. It's uh it, it's not easy right now, but we'll we'll keep going and it's got to come good at some point, hasn't it? So we'll be here to discuss that when hopefully it is next week, and we will see you all then. Cheers. Thanks for listening. Play for the sake of the game Play for the sake of the game